If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies, and so I watch them so that you don't have to, and we have a baby. We have a baby, (laughs) folks. (laughs) You might notice. Henley. Henley's not here. (laughs) Is missing. She's not missing. We know where she is, but we know exact. In fact, we know exactly where she is. Uh, We're not going to tell you, (laughs) (laughs) but we have a baby. We have a collective podcast daughter. Wow. A daughter. Yeah. Wow. Really crazy. Really crazy. Very exciting. Everyone's doing well. Henley will be back and tell us all about it, but um, but yeah, that's, it's, that's the big news here on the, that's the big news. It's huge news. And I just want to say, we'll leave it all to Henley to talk about and tell you all about. I just want to let, you know, fans of the name pig face, wig face, just start to prepare yourself for disappointment. <laughs> just sort of just, you know, let that sink in or sit with it a little bit. I can reveal that is not the name. The family's daughter, unfortunately, but it's a good name. You're really going to like it. <laughs> um, but, you know, the show must go on, as they say. Exactly. And so we are finishing our or continuing, rather, our decades series. We're doing the early 2000s, 2000 to 2009. And we got a haunted house movie today. <laughs> but. Before we get into it, we also have some haunted housekeeping. <gasps> and that is that we have a live show coming up just next weekend or this weekend, rather, when this episode airs. That's true. Sunday, October 29th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it is going to be a live virtual show with horror respondent Paul F. Tompkins where we are going to be recapping The Pope's Exorcist. I'm so excited. Streaming on Netflix, so be sure to watch beforehand. If you're brave. If you're very brave. Tickets are available at moment.co slash tsdw. I will admit I have not started my Halloween costume yet. I'm getting nervous, but I have all week to do it. Don't She's worry. Gonna, it's, don't worry. Nobody worry. Nobody freak out. We're going <laughs> to have Halloween costumes. Paul, I'm sure, is going to have a Halloween costume. Paul, if you're listening and you don't have a Halloween costume, get your act together. <laughs> um, Henley will 
like, who knows if she'll be there? Yeah, TBD. Knowing Henley, she's probably going to try, which is maybe insane. But, you know, you're going to have to join and find out. I can't wait. I can't freaking wait. And it's going to be available as a video for uh, the week after that show for anybody who wants to be able to watch it, participate, but can't be there right on the 29th because you've got freaking holiday weekend plans. We support it. You can still get a ticket and enjoy the freaking show. I'm so excited. I just got preemptively sad that Halloween's going to be over and then it's going to be November. You know how you just like, yeah, I'm not living in the moment. I'm just like already living in future disappointment. <laughs> living in the future disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, but honestly, but then it's November and which means we're getting into Thanksgiving prep. We're getting into Christmas prep. We're thinking about New Year's. We don't need to be sad until January, which I just started to go to. Yeah. Is being sad in January. So we got a ways, <laughs> a ways to go. Maybe we'll have to do another like fun January series or something to make January less yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good it's idea. It's not January yet. Everything's fine. Everything's fine right now. Let's not think about the future. Let's think about the past, a.k.a. the year 2000 to 2009. The single year 2000 <laughs> to 2009. But before we get, we got, I mean, Sammy, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's think about the past as in this past calendar week oh my god i really did i don't know where to go in time you just, you just we're all over the place <laughs> but right now we're here and we're together and i want to know if anything scary happened to you this week it did emily something scary oh, did no. happen to me oh, and no. <laughs> i'm gonna talk about cats again and i'm sorry <laughs> i don't do a lot i live at home alone with two cats i'm not sorry i want to hear it this week i got in the middle of a cat fight, a real honest to goodness cat fight. And it was like those cartoon drawings of a like motion ball with just like claws coming out of it and like a meow. Swirly lines. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened was just to preface this, I, cause I think this is maybe what set the mood is that I'm, I'm fairly certain a coyote was killing a cat nearby. There were some like in the moment, not in the exact moment, but leading up to the moment. So that was how we were all feeling. We were on edge. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was some very bad, very bad animal sounds happening. I had a brief thought of, should I go out there and try to break that up? And then was like, no, (laughs) that's probably a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they were really, really terrible sounds. And then the sound stopped. So I, you know, uh, deduced what might have happened. Yeah. And so here's the dynamics in my house. Mac is my more territorial cat. He's the alpha bunk. My sweet boy is the beta defers to Mac. And part of Mac's territory is the bedroom at night. Bunk sleeps on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's just the way it has to be in order for us to live in peace yes fair but because of these noises bunk was in my room but in the in the window looking outside and 
Mac didn't notice that he was there until I turned the lights off and Bunk's silhouette behind the curtain appeared. <laughs> <laughs> and Mac saw it immediately poofed up huge, assuming it's a different cat, I think, like just was so surprised by this oh, sure. silhouette, flew off the bed at the curtain. <laughs> oh, no. I hear bunk hissing. I know what's about to happen. And what I do in these moments is I separate them. I usually pick one up and, yes. and, and just get it out, get them out and close the door between them. So I go to pick up bunk to take him out of the room. And they're both hissing. And as I'm turning to exit the room, I've got my back towards the bed. Oh, Mac no. jumps on my back <laughs> to try to get at Bunk. Oh and my, is, so you're truly sandwiched between right two cats. sandwiched between them. Bunk obviously freaks out and kind of, he's, I don't, I don't know that he was really retaliating as much as just like trying to get away from the situation, but <gasps> I hadn't clipped either of their nails in a while. Oh and no, Sammy. Oh man, no. Oh man, it was not oh, good. No. And my reaction was surprising to me because I just said calmly ow (laughs) (laughs) and then I like sulked I wasn't mad at either of them I did separate them and then Mac was trying to cuddle again and I was just like no no you jumped on my back I'm mad at you and you made me it makes me sad that you guys are such yeah problem children sometimes and I mean, you know, next day they went back to cuddling and best friends and it's just, it's just, it's so much drama. So much drama. How are you healing? Actually really well. Okay, good. But it looked bad at the time. (laughs) Yeah, it was just a, it it all happened so fast, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Didn't even feel it. With which they go out with which cats can go at each other is truly alarming. They wanted to rip each other apart. They're little beasts. They're little beasts. And you better believe I clipped their nails the next morning. Yeah, I think I'm going to clip some nails right after this. (laughs) Yeah, PSA, don't forget to clip your cat's nails. You never know (laughs) when they're going to jump on your back. (laughs) When something unexpected could happen. Oh, no. Naughty boys. Naughty boys, I know. I and I've got the pheromone diffusers. I've got pheromone spray. I've got high high places for Mac to climb to. But I'm just in a small apartment yeah. with a lot of feral cats outside, and coyotes. And so and coyotes. And so I think there's just some degree of. I'm just. This is just the life, the hand that I've been dealt. <laughs> That's the hand that you've been dealt. And we talked about this that they like. You know, on the one hand, they love each other and they cuddle and they get along when they get along because they're brothers. But also in the wild, two brother cats would not be living together. Again, I made this point to you privately. I'll make it publicly. We all saw The Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) Those brother cats, they couldn't do it. You know, they're not built for it. Mac is the, the, the little evil aggressor. I mean, I love him. He's not evil, but he is naughty. He's naughty. Scar was more than naughty, so we won't we won't go that far. But no, he is. He can be a naughty boy. I mean, Bunk's no Mufasa. Let's be honest there. <laughs> <laughs> Bunk's no, a little, no, Bunk's like one of the hyenas. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, that is kind of the biggest thing that happened to me this week. <laughs> That's a big thing. That is a big thing. 
Emily, you also had some big things happen to you. I had a big week. I did. Um, honestly, maybe one of the like most insane weeks of my life in terms of just like anyway I'm ready to talk about it I wasn't ready emotional, emotional upheaval emotional upheaval I was not ready to talk about it last week I'm ready to talk about it this week and I'm actually if you can believe it I'm gonna talk about a dog <laughs> not a cat but a dog huge pivot so unexpected so a week ago on a Friday morning at work I show up in the parking lot and there's a dog there's a dog in the parking lot it's very clear that this is a, a lost dog. Nobody knows what to do with this dog. I come over, I park, I come over, and this dog just like glues herself to my side. She does this thing where she like really leans against you. She'll like stand and like lean her weight against you. And she was doing that. She was like just leaning against me. I was petting her. We were trying to figure out what to do with this dog for like 30 straight minutes. I'm just petting this dog who's leaning against my side. She is <laughs> incredible. She has the most, she, her eyes look straight into your soul. I was like immediately, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe this fucking dog. But none of us know what to do because we're like in a very warehousey area and like, we're just like, what, everyone has to go to work. Like, what are we supposed to do with this dog? And somebody in our, somebody had a leash in their car. So they, they put the leash on her. We tied her to a fucking pole because they're like, we can't let this dog get away. But like, we don't know what to do. But she like, let us put the leash on her. She was so good. And I was like, well, Joel's at home. <laughs> Let me bring chaos to our doorstep. And I called him and was like, do you want to take this dog to the vet and see if she's chipped? Like, none of us know what to do. I know this is insane, but like, this dog is incredible. And I think that you will want to spend time with her. Yeah. And he, a saint of a man that he is, was like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> and he comes together. I walk outside when he shows up and he gold we named her goldie goldie has her head in his lap wagging her tail he's petting her she's like just the sweetest possible thing so it was clear that she was used to people um she she's an american dingo if people need a visual reference um it's the kind of dog from the movie prey Mm -hmm. she's really devastating for us to find out given that she's no longer with us but i mean she's alive um i shouldn't say no longer with us but no longer (laughs) physically with me and joel but Anyway, so Joel picks her up. He takes her to the vet. No chip. Uh, she's not fixed. It is, seems clear she's in heat, um, which I learned later that they are more likely to run away from home when they're in heat. So, guys, fix fix your dogs. Um, but he takes her to the vet. No chip. She's dirty. So he takes her to go get a bath. He takes her around town. Friends offer us food and leashes. And a friend offers us a crate. And we're just like given her we're like i don't know what the fuck we're gonna do with this dog we have four cats like from the beginning i was like we can't keep this dog we have four cats um but joel was like well i mean better hanging out on our patio that's like really shady and nice than in the parking lot at work like whatever we'll see what happens and you had like posted stuff we like posted on online we posted on some yeah and like some you know Next door, somebody posted, um, Joel made a post on, there's like a pet finder website. You can be like, we found this dog. Like we did that. And I posted on Instagram too, being like, anybody want a dog? Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause again, we're like, we can't keep this dog. Like there's no universe where we keep this dog. Friday night rolls around. I come home from work. We cancel all our plans. We hang out with this dog. We are falling in love. Saturday morning, we get coffee with you <laughs> and Goldie. <laughs> 
She's amazing. I was like, well, you know, before we can, because that night Joel and I were like, okay, so we're not going to keep a dog, but like, let's just talk about what it would look like if we did. Um, <laughs> like, you know, how, how could we potentially keep this dog? Well, it's like, well, first I have to make sure Sammy likes her. <laughs> so, you know, let's get that out of the way. She was great. I loved her. <sighs> She's perfect. Um, and, you know, we just spent a good long, I took her to the vet again to do like a full checkup on Saturday super healthy around nine months old she had some fleas we got her some flea medicine you know we were we were really bonding we were having a great day we took her to get some toys and some treats we're taking her on walks fully head over heels falling in love with this dog saturday night i have a complete and total meltdown over just like there's no way we can keep this dog i don't know i i always have i'm pretty good at knowing what i want to do and what i will do in a situation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pretty strong ability to just fucking act (laughs) right to do what you do what you gotta do do what i gotta do to do what i want to do like i'm good at Mm -hmm. being like you know what i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do and i have never i truly don't think i've ever been so fully on the fence about something in my entire life and it was destroying me um but joel was again like fucking partner extraordinaire and was like look let's take it day by day this is an adventure we're gonna give her everything she needs to the best of our ability and we're just gonna see what happens and we're just gonna like do that and we're gonna enjoy our time with her and like we're just gonna see what happens she's fine the cats are fine the cats are being great everyone was being we weren't letting her inside um the weather was nice i really did a lot of research about like is it deeply unethical to like put your dog in a crate outside in an enclosed in an enclosed patio creatures couldn't get to her it was a lovely crate with blankets we put blankets over the top she was fine i but we were like we can't bring her inside with these cats we don't know if she's vaccinated all sorts of stuff yeah but we were like letting them interact across the screen they're being great her body language was great she was like totally deferring to the cats they weren't even hissing they were just sort of staring her down but everybody was curious it was it was great sunday comes we have an incredible day with her we take her to dinner. <laughs> um, she makes makes some dog friends um, who, again, we were like very honest when people would walk by at dogs like we're she's new. We don't know how she is like, you know, proceed with caution and met a lovely dog named Doc whose owners were like, well, Doc's great with other dogs. Like, let's just see if they like each other. And Doc was an angel and they had a great time. It was her first friend. Oh, Sunday night. We're like, OK, we're going to keep her like it's going to be really hard. We have four cats. <laughs> we, um, a dog is a huge responsibility. It's going to be a total change in our lives, but I don't need to go into all the reasons why we felt capable and ready to do that and understood like what that would mean. Um, but we were like, you know what? We're going to try. I mean, obviously if the cats totally lose their minds, like we'll have to rehome her. But like the, the goal is we're keeping this dog. We're in love with her. She's perfect. We never would have chosen to get a dog, but here she is and she's incredible and we love her. And, it's done Monday morning I go to work and they found her owners somebody (sighs) had posted that their you know family dog got away it was 100% her there was zero doubt I truly felt like I was gonna pass out like it was such a I was it was so crazy I'm also at work and I'm like having the hardest time not just like completely sobbing it was just a complete daze it was fucking awful (laughs) um i reach out to them and they're like yep oh my god you found our dog that's great when can we come get her 
and I they were gonna come by that night because I was like I can't you they can't pick her up like while I'm at work I I can't not you, um yeah you have to spend time with her so Monday is a complete blur I come home Monday night sit with her for an hour and sob <laughs> take her for a little walk sob and um they show up and they're lovely and they hug her and they are so happy to have her and they ask us like oh my god can we like give you guys anything and i like gave them all the toys and treats and stuff that we had gotten her just because i was like well i can't fucking look at this um and they take her home and it it was so fucking brutal it's it like I can't believe after just four days with her how devastating it was. Yeah. But for me and Joel both, we were just like, I mean, we were so heartbroken. Heartbroken. So heartbroken. You fell in love so hard, so fast. And it's, it's like heartbreak is such an intense feeling. It feels like a death and it feels like a loss and it feels like personal (laughs) yeah and like the way she came into our lives it just felt I was like this she's just like meant to be our dog it just felt like it just we connect with her so strongly and quickly and deeply and and I've come I did you know I had therapy because I love therapy you guys gotta go to therapy (laughs) therapy this week and I was like I just don't know how to move on like I just I don't know how to let it go I keep like looking every day I come into work and I'm like she's gonna be in the parking lot again or like they're gonna call me and be like just kidding take her back and I like couldn't let it go I just couldn't let it go she was like well I was like I I keep wanting to like text them and be like is she for sale (laughs) and I was like but I obviously can't do that and she was like I mean send him a text like check in on her she, was, she did say, she's like, wait a week, see if you're still grieving. I did not wait a week because I can't. Um, but, you know, if if they love her and she's their family dog, like, absolutely they're going to say no. <laughs> right. If they don't, you don't know how long she's had them. If they don't, they'll take money. Like, you don't know. Like, you just don't know. Right. And so I did. I texted them and I, I was like, you know, we love her so much. We She's so special. I, I, I know this is completely insane. I I really hope this is not like I do not mean to offend or upset. I just like because we love her so much, I have to ask like any chance she's for sale <laughs> and got just the nicest message back of like I the, the question couldn't offend us less. Like, if anything, I'm so happy to hear that she was so loved and that like we're so grateful to you for watching her like she is special she's a member of our family we love her but like thank you so much for everything that you've given us by taking such good care of her and like it was exactly the closure i needed it's very sad that we don't get her but she's very loved um i now feel like we were meant to have her just for that time it was a really special few days it was incredible for me and joel in just like our home and our lives and our partnership and like showed us what we're capable of and we got to experience a perfect dog and a lot more love and we'll all be okay and this was a really long story to tell at the beginning of the podcast but i also haven't had a chance to really talk to you about it because i haven't been able to talk about it until recently so i mean there's a reason why they say it's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all and it's cheesy or whatever but it's true because it's like 
you wouldn't trade the time that you had with her for like wiping that from your memory because it's just like what a beautiful connection you shared and and that yeah it is really special and I'm I'm glad you got to have that I'm sorry it was such an emotionally turbulent (laughs) week yeah but Goldie forever we will always treasure yeah it was a beautiful crying a little bit it was a beautiful (laughs) time and I feel very I, I do feel very grateful um and you know a dog is a lot yeah and it you know one day we'll get a dog and it'll be one that can't be taken from us mm-hmm. <laughs> and until then we'll enjoy the time we had with her oh my god you guys it was a crazy <laughs> oh it's been so it's just such a crazy fucking thing that i never really just goes to we also just kept saying like man you just never fucking know what's gonna happen it's true you just never fucking i never would have thought like that would be anything that would have been our last week like what the fuck yeah it came out of nowhere crazy very crazy, crazy shit i'm gonna have to put like we're gonna have to put like time stamps in the episode description of like hey at the top there's a 20 minute story about a dog that like 98 percent of you don't care about um but for the two percent who did i was gonna say there's gonna be some people that it really resonates with that have gone through like similar yeah. experiences i bet yeah and ultimately like she otherwise probably would have gone to a shelter for those couple days maybe she never would have gotten back to her owners like it it was really, really hard, but I'm glad we were able to do that for her and for those people. And I think about how hard it was for us to say goodbye to her. But if they had never gotten her back, they would never know that she was like, OK, and safe and healthy. And yeah. we do get to know that. So um, it's a good thing. But damn. Damn. What a week. What a fucking week. And then we had a daughter and my God. Just yeah, a pretty big, eventful, pretty eventful week. I think it's the biggest week of all time. <laughs> I think you're right. Okay, well right. that's what it. That's what's up with me. But I'm ready <laughs> to hear about something freaking spooky. All right, let's get into the 2000s. Um, just a a quick little uh, summary, I guess, of how I think of horror in the early 2000s. Great is. Like we mentioned last week, or maybe it was on the bonus episode, but there was, uh, you know, the rise of torture porn was the early yeah. 2000s. We've got Hostel, Your Saws, and the new French Extremity, which are the French films that are kind of in the mm. torture porn realm, like Irreversible, um, High Tension, Martyrs, and... Oi. Then there was also a lot of kind of nasty remakes of 70s horror films like uh-huh. the House of Wax, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Rob Zombie Halloween reboot and that sort of thing. Uh, there was also a surge in found footage horror because of the success of the of the Blair Witch Project in 99. Mm. So Paranormal Activity was in the 2000s wreck and wow, um, all of that. And then there was also a lot of remakes of Japanese horror after the success of The Ring. Then there was The Grudge. 
And then, you know, like all decades, there's all kinds of horror. So some other great movies, uh, my favorite horror movie, The Descent is in this Mm. era. Um, Your favorite funny games. (laughs) (laughs) And Drag Me to Hell, another great one. Wow. So a lot going on in the in the a early lot 2000s. Going on. Yeah. Also I feel like probably the a big decade in our lives just like we're children yeah. of the 90s but the, two, the early 2000s are like middle school, yep, high school, starting college like that. You know, that's a big decade in terms of our development. Yes, yes, yes it is. Um and we l- put a vote out to our patrons and they chose the movie that we will be covering this week, which is the others which came out in 2001. Oh, right at the very so beginning, right at the very beginning. It was written and directed by Alejandro Amenabar. And he, I think he also composed the music, which is very crazy. Ooh, what a talent, a very talented man starring Nicole Kidman, Christopher Eccleston, Fanula Flanagan, Alakina Mann, and James Bentley. Produced by Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> so they were still married. Their last collaboration before their divorce. Oh, wow. How important. <laughs> the, I'm thrilled <laughs> to know this. Their divorce was finalized the week this movie was released. Oh, so it's the movie that broke them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it's uh, unfortunately also produced by Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> that is, that's a bummer. Yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to think about that. Also listeners, if you have not seen the image of Nicole Kidman post courthouse divorcing Tom Cruise, highly recommend Googling Nicole yeah, Kidman, Tom good. Cruise divorce papers or something. It's a very funny image. She was thrilled to be <laughs> free of that marriage as Look, most people in divorces are it's you true get divorced for a reason you get divorced for a reason and i do fully support i don't care who it's to being thrilled after a divorce is every divorced woman's right <laughs> <laughs> oh and uh Something interesting about this movie is that it is not streaming anywhere. I bought what? it on DVD and I bought a DVD player <laughs> just for this episode. Oh, the dedication. Because I didn't look that up before I put the poll up and it won and someone was like, by the way, it's not available. What like, the hell? Well, shit. Um, Do but, you think that's like Nicole and Tom's doing? Well, as far as I can tell, I think it is being re-released on October 24th, which will be before this episode comes out. So it's possible oh, nice. when this episode comes out, it will be available again, but on the Criterion channel. It's getting a Criterion release. Oh, shit. Yeah. So huh. it's kind of an annoying streamer because i think it's expensive (laughs) so i'm sorry this is not our most accessible episode but the patrons spoke and we gotta we gotta do it it was overwhelming it was an overwhelming win and i i have wanted to do this movie for a very long time i know basically nothing about it except that it's a nicole kidman spooky haunty horror and like great i feel like since the beginning of this podcast i've been like i think i want to watch the or i think i want us to do the others like 
I don't know why. There was a time where you thought you wanted to watch it when you were doing a recap. And I said, I think it's too scary. I remember being pretty scared of this movie. I think I saw it in theaters, which I would have been um, 11 or 12 and so, yeah, I, I, that's a, I was really scared. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense. But I think my ability to handle horror is probably close to you at 11 or 12, if yeah. not, you know, worse. Um, so I trust that. I trust that. And I'll just do a little teaser. We haven't picked a movie yet, but for our second bonus episode on our Patreon for the month of October, Sammy and I will be watching a scary movie together and doing a watch along episode so yep we're gonna do something something 2010s 2010s tuned i'm scared i think we should try to do something a little scary i know i know because it's halloween baby it is halloween we gotta get a little spooked that does mean if as i watch along people are gonna hear me just really being screaming uh (laughs) real stressed might be an unpleasant listen to be completely honest but we will see we will see first we're going to talk about the freaking others and i can't wait uh i will tell you that it has an 84 percent on rotten tomatoes 74 percent on metacritic and 7.6 on imdb pretty pretty even across the board there okay hey tom doesn't miss (laughs) (laughs) the budget was 17 million made 209.9 million tom doesn't miss he doesn't miss uh some trivia it was released a few months before vanilla sky which was a remake of this director alejandro amenabar's open your eyes which Mm. is just an interesting little because tom cruise stars in that yeah. Uh, Nicole Kidman originally did not want to be in this movie because she was just coming off of Moulin Rouge and oh, shit. didn't want to do some something so heavy again. Didn't want to go to these dark places, but I guess eventually changed her mind. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would appear she changed her mind. And well, I someone mean, changed thank- it for her. <laughs> thank God she did because she's incredible. But some casting what ifs. Were Emily Watson or Jodie Foster? Interesting. Yeah, Emily Watson, I can see for sure. Jodie Foster, I guess just because she's not British, I just can't imagine. I mean, I know Nicole Kidman is also not British, but I feel like I've never seen Jodie Foster do a British accent, and I would not believe it for one second if she tried to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I can be like, hear... excuse me, Jodie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I can definitely hear her accent so clearly in my head at all times so there's i just wouldn't buy it (laughs) so good thing she's not in it uh and then this is just kind of on brand for us to know this information is that to get the kids worked up alejandro amenabar would play scary music when they weren't expecting it (laughs) (laughs) he got him oh he he really got him scary music Uh (laughs) uh-oh (laughs) oh and that's all the trivia i got so should we take a peek at this trailer oh my god yes i bet i've seen it probably at some point in my life there's one thing at the end of the trailer that's very memorable that i had forgotten about until i saw it again and maybe it'll it'll jog your memory when you see it oh boy okay let's do it sometimes the world of the dead gets mixed up 
the world of the living. As you can see, the housework has been rather neglected since the servants disappeared almost a week ago. Do you mean they just vanished? Into thin air. How do you do, children? I'm your new nanny. Are you going to leave us too? Why should I leave you? The others said they wouldn't, but they did, and then it happened. your brother that there was someone else in the room. There was. That'll do, Anne. I've seen them too. Have? Sooner or later, she'll see them. Then everything will be different. Ooh, good accents. Good accents in this one. That's exciting. Yep. There's the Irish accent as well, you heard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a spooky, gross house. I know, right? Yeah. All the fog. Mm, that does look cozy, though. Fog? It's so big. Yeah, the fog is nice, I guess. But the house is so big that I was thinking this as I was watching it. There's You have to go through rooms to get to another room which is like what happens in big houses I guess but I right. just for some reason I because you know my house there's a hallway and each room is its own door I don't have right. to go through anything to get to another room you do have actually have a room one. that you have to go through yeah but you know what I mean they're like going through the dining hall to get uh -huh. to the kitchen to get to if they're all all the rooms are connected and I'm like oh that's a really big house if all the rooms are connected yeah you know <laughs> I've never really thought about it that way, but in a big house, rooms are connected to other rooms. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it was like kind <laughs> of a like, weird realization for me as well. It's just like, whoa. Single rooms off a single hallway. Yeah. It's rooms are connected to other rooms. <laughs> that, I mean, you can go through your living room, through your kitchen to the hallway. That's true. So that's yeah. Close. But there's there's a there's small scale of it happening in most places, I bet, but, but big, not, not, not to big this degree. Scale. Yeah, <laughs> this very degree. interesting. <laughs> Makes you want to go into a really big house just to be like, oh yeah. I'm glad that you're having this same reaction because I was like, yeah, it, it felt like something I had not realized before and. I don't know. Felt important. I don't know why. I think it's important. <laughs> it feels important. I agree. Wow. Um, all right. Should we talk about this movie? Yes, we should. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like, 
for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. We all come home after a long day of work and what's the first thing we do? We take off our bras because they are uncomfortable and constricting and we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day. Well, what if I told you that Skims has changed all that? Skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer a bralette, but I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice like mesh material that's supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I, I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it. And that is very rare. I, you know, I'm a broken record over here. I love skims. I love skims. I'm sorry. That's just the, the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops because I want everybody to know. I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order, select podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so we begin in, we're in 1945 on the island of Jersey, not to be confused with Jersey Shore or anything like that. (laughs) Jersey's off the coast of France near Hmm. Guernsey. Okay. I didn't really have a, a, you know, reference point for either of those, but I Same. looked at it on a map and was like, oh, Guernsey, I've heard of Guernsey as well. But it's basically uh, between like France and the UK. And I think it is a independent island, but it, it's like British owned or something like that. Okay. That might not be true. Do your, do your own research. I did yeah, a yeah, yeah. very vague, very vague fact check. <laughs> uh so we see Nicole Kidman, our main character. Her name is Grace. And she wakes up screaming in this large manner. Uh, it's very big and there's big like willow trees out. Like, like it looks like a whomping willow outside. It's mm. foggy. There's ivy growing up the face of the manor. Mm. That's the that's the vibe. Uh, she's wrapped in her robe and there's a knock at the door. She goes downstairs and answers it. And there are three people at the door and they say that they're responding to an ad. And she says, oh, of course, of course, come in. This is Mrs. Mills, who's an older woman, Mr. Tuttle, an older man, and Lydia, who is possibly their daughter. We're not sure she's younger and she is also mute. And Mm -hmm. they have basically come to see if they, she needs help with housework. Mrs. Tuttle can, or excuse me, Mrs. Mills has been a nanny and done housework and Mr. Tuttle can tend to the, the gardens, the grounds and Grace is nodding and saying, yes, yes, thank you. This uh, I've been so overwhelmed since the last people just left. They disappeared in the night, didn't even tell me they were leaving. She's been very overwhelmed since then. It's also just just at the end of the war, World War Two. And so that's um, it seems like they at some point had evacuated this house when there was German uh, the Germans were invading. And so they've like recently returned to it. And, mm-hmm. um, so she's trying to get things back in order after not having been there for a while. And so she's giving the three of them a tour of the house and she's explaining that it's very important to lock the door that you came into a room through before opening another door in that room. This is where I was really thinking about the, the room door right. situation. Like this wouldn't be an issue at my house. Not at all. <laughs> and we don't know why it's an issue here yet, but she's stressing that this is very important. Lock the door behind you when you're in a room. 
Mrs. Mills at some point inquires about Grace's husband and she explains that he was he's left for war a year and a half ago and has not returned and they never found a body or anything, but it's not not looking great. Yeah, because the war is is over. Uh, there is a room with a piano in it. She says this piano wasn't here before. I don't know who brought this in. I guess somebody had owned it previously at some point as well. So I don't know. But she now starts telling them to start closing all of the curtains. And so they they do. They're all closing the curtains. And she's like, I'm going to go wake up the children. And... She lights lamps. She says, oh, also, there's no electricity in the house. They got used to not having it because during the war it was always out. And so they just use little oil lamps now. And so nice, creepy, dark (laughs) vibe lamp lit as she's walking through this large house. She wakes up the two kids and introduces them to the three new employees of the house and the children's names are Anne and Nicholas. Anne is an older sister. Nicholas is young, but they're both young. They're probably eight and six. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Hard to say. Anne is definitely wearing a nasty nightgown, though. That is certain. <laughs> that That is a fact. That's a fact. And this is where we find out Grace informs Mrs. Mills that the children are photosensitive. And so all the curtains must be closed at all times when it's daylight because they will get blisters and hives and like allergic reactions to light that can eventually kill them if they're exposed to light for too long. Is that for real? And uh, yeah, I just wrote down this disease is is an actual disease known as xeroderma pigmentosum, which is, yeah, basically an extreme sensitivity to sunlight. And it's very rare. Roughly a thousand people in the world have it. Wow. That's very rare. Very rare. So... Now the all of them go down to the kitchen. I think the, the groundskeeper goes out to tend to the uh, garden, and Mrs. Mills is making Anne and Nicholas breakfast. And Anne asks, "Are you going to leave us too?" So they've they're you know clearly feeling abandoned by their previous mm. nanny and. Mrs. Mills assures them, no, I'm going to stay. And she says, that's what that's what they said, too. And then the incident happened. And Nicholas gives her this look like, don't talk about that. Nothing happened. And Mrs. Mills pushes her a little bit for more information. Is like, what are you talking about? And says, mummy went mad. And we're kind of like uh-oh what what's this all about now but just at that moment grace walks in mm. and she's looking a little angry and she has a little letter in her hand and she says to mrs mills uh i just went out to the post box and saw that this letter didn't get picked up and this was the ad that i was going to place in the paper so there is no ad in the paper So can you explain to me how you came to be here? 
And Mrs. Mills explains that they actually used to live in this exact house what they used to work for pre- the previous owners. And so they basically they were like, so we just like know this house very well. And we were going to offer our services just because it's already a house that we've worked at and we like, like this house. It's kind of a weird explanation, but Grace seems... Well, especially because didn't they say, we saw your ad in the paper? Yes. Because it's also like, lucky guess, I suppose. Yeah. And they might have said, like, we're here for the... And she might have interrupted them, but it did seem like that was... They didn't show up saying, hey, do you need help? We know this house. Yes. But Grace is like overwhelmed with housework. This place is huge and she she does really need help. And so she finding out that they have already they know this place really well and know everything to do. She's like, okay, great. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And she warns Mrs. Mills, I don't like fantasies. My children can say strange things. I think referring to what she has just overheard and saying in the um, kitchen. Mm. And she says, you know, don't indulge them. Children will be children, but don't indulge them. And then we Mm -hmm. see uh, Grace teaching Anne and Nicholas from the Bible. And we see that there's a very strict biblical lessons happening in this household and Anne and Nicholas are a little questioning of it. There's a, Hmm. uh, something in the text that says it's like a young girl that was asked if she believed in Jesus. And she said, yes, they basically said, if you, if you say you believe in Jesus, we're going to cut your head off. (laughs) I can't, I mean, it's, I don't remember how they phrased it, but she admitted to believing in Jesus and it caused her death. And, Anne said, well, I would have just lied. And so that I could live. And Grace is horrified by this and says, and then you would be in, in children's limbo and you can't deny your God. And I want you to imagine being in basically hell for all of eternity, like close your eyes right now and imagine being in hell for all eternity. (laughs) And they're both like really freaked out. And she's like, yeah, so you wouldn't want to deny God or Jesus, would you? And they're like, no, 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 I guess we wouldn't. So very... Solid logic there, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I can't remember where the first bringing up of ghosts is, but Anne at some point says in here, there's like um, some mentions of of ghosts in the house and being scared because it's always dark and creepy in there. And she says, well, what if I see a ghost? And... Grace says, then you say hello and keep on studying. (laughs) (laughs) So she separates them into two different rooms because they've irritated her now. She's frustrated with them Mm. questioning her. And so she's like, all right, you're going to both read your Bibles in different rooms. And Nicholas is getting scared and she has him hold on to his rosary and basically says, anytime you're feeling scared, you hold on to this. God is with you and there's no reason to be afraid. Hmm. At this point, I'm thinking, why aren't we making these kids nocturnal? Just have them be awake at nighttime. (laughs) Interesting. I suppose because then everybody has to be nocturnal. Uh, But I mean, 
they're all what kind of on the same on? schedule anyways. doesn't seem like they do much else. That's true. You make a great point, Sammy. But uh, that's not that's not what they do. So <laughs> Grace is in the Hard other room. Hard to run errands that way. I guess so, yeah. Maybe one, so. like some of the staff could be diurnal. Day walkers. <laughs> Day walkers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just seems like there could be a better way. Sure. Uh, Grace hears crying coming from one of the rooms, runs to check on Nicholas, says, why are you crying? Is everything okay? He's not crying. He's fine. Says, what, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm totally fine. She says, okay. Locks, locks him back in there. And he still hears the crying, now runs to Anne. Anne's not crying either. She's mm. like, why? Who, who's crying? I heard crying. And Anne says, it was Victor. Ew. <laughs> Creepy ghost name. <laughs> and Grace, you know, obviously says, who's Victor? And she says, it's a little boy. I see him, see him a lot. His, him and his um, family, they live here too. And he was crying because I'm in his room or something like that. And... Grace gets very angry at this. Stop making up stories. I don't like these fantasies. And she says, I'm not making it up. He was in here and he ran out and she's like, well, how could he run out when all the doors are locked? And then she turns and sees that one of the doors is open mm -hmm. and she immediately goes down to Mrs. Mills to scream at her, assuming that it was her that left the door unlocked. I told you how important it was to keep every door locked in this house. And Mrs. Mills says, I wasn't up there. I, I'm so sorry. I don't know what could have happened. She's like, I hope you're not suggesting it was me endangering the lives of my own children. Because I guess the door locking is so like sunlight can't get in accidentally through other rooms. Got it. So... We don't we don't know who unlocked this door, but maybe Victor. Maybe it was Victor. Also, I feel like if you're Victor, you don't probably need a, a door. Yeah, true. Um, so Anna has kind of been taunting Nicholas. Excuse me, Anne has been taunting Nicholas a bit about ghost stories and he's a little scared of Victor. He hasn't seen Victor and he's like, are you, are you telling the truth that you saw a, a little boy? You think he's a ghost? And she's like, he's not a ghost. Ghosts wear sheets on their heads. He's a boy. He's Victor. And they sleep in the same bedroom. And that night, wait, <laughs> just for a moment, why do ghosts look like that with sheets yeah because it's like well it's not a sheet right like it's a, just a white form where did it come from i suppose i because i casper <laughs> has to predate casper <laughs> i have no idea what because That's it's like, like ghosts are we've we decided i feel like as a society that ghosts take the shape their human form so then where does the other version come from? And what would it be? Like Mist? a soul or something? Like a... That's what they think the soul's shape is? Because ghosts don't wear sheets. Humans wear sheets to look like ghosts. Yes. 
Or I was thinking maybe it's in some movies, they'll throw a sheet onto a spot to and it see will the land form and it on looks... the form of a Why person. do ghosts look like that? <laughs> <laughs> like origin of ghost sheet. Okay, this says... Up until the 19th century, the dead were almost always wrapped in burial shrouds rather than placed in coffins. Mm-hmm. In, in poorer families, the recently deceased, deceased were simply wrapped up in the sheet from their deathbed and secured inside by a tied knot at either end. Okay, so it is a sheet. Yeah. Great. Case closed. <laughs> Case closed. Look at us doing all this research. My God. I just realized I've never considered why... Ghosts look like that. This is so not like us. It's so not like us. <laughs> oh my god, what is happening to us? We need Henley back. She would never stand for this <laughs> type of research. Um, so that night, Anna, Anne and Nicholas are in bed, and Nicholas jerks awake and sees that the curtains are all open. It's nighttime, so it's okay at, at this moment, but he turns mm. to Anne and says, why have you opened the curtains? Um, because presumably, you know, come morning, that will be a problem. And she says, it wasn't me. It was Victor. He's been doing it all night and I keep closing them and he keeps opening them. And Nicholas is saying, you know, stop, stop your lies. You're scaring me. And she's like, I'm not, I'm not lying, but she is kind of trying to freak him out. She is being a little bit of an older sister, kind of like, are you Mm -hmm. scared? What are you scared of Victor? Mm -hmm. And Nicholas is very scared. And so she's like, fine, I'll, I'll close them again. Gets up, closes the curtains. So it's completely dark. We can't see what's happening. And then we just hear loud running footsteps and they, the curtains rip back open and, Mm. and gets back into bed. And she's seeming kind of scared. Like he's not, he's not stopping. I don't know why he won't do this. And she's, now talking to Victor and says, Victor, stop. And I can't remember the dialogue in the scene, but there's another voice happening that she's having a conversation with that sounds very much like it could be her voice just doing like a <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to leave you alone type of thing. Like it sounds just not dissimilar to her, her voice. Mm-hmm. And Nicholas is saying, stop making those voices. You're scaring me. She says, I'm not making voices. Can't you see? It's Victor. It's Victor's here. And she says, Victor, why don't, like, go pinch his cheeks so he knows you're real. And we see just a close-up on Nicholas's face as a hand comes in and touches his cheek. He jumps out of bed, screaming, banging on the walls. Grace wakes up, hears this, is running upstairs because their doors are locked. They're not allowed out of their room, which seems this is a fire hazard absolutely a fire hazard um so grace has to run up and unlock the door and is now like getting extra annoyed at Anne for her fantasies her stories Mm. scaring nicholas uh but the next day Anne is not backing down not not admitting to lying she's saying no it's true there was there was a boy there victor's real um Grace is downstairs doing her embroidery, talking to Mrs. Mills. They're saying how the fog has never lasted this long before. It's like she's like, I'm feeling more and more like cut off from the world. This is like depressing. Then as they're sitting there, 
Grace complains to Mrs. Mills that Lydia, the younger girl that's helping them, has been running back and forth upstairs. She's being way too loud. Can you go tell her to quiet down? Mrs. Mills gives her kind of a strange look and is like, um, okay, sure. And goes outside and we hear the running around again and Grace is getting very irritated and she's like, I'm going to go talk to her myself, but then gets up and sees Mrs. Mills scolding Lydia outside of the house on the, on the lawn. And so definitely not running around upstairs. So Grace goes upstairs herself to check out the source of the sound and, and points her to, she says, Oh, they're in that room. And so Grace goes in this room where it's all this furniture covered in sheets, a mm. very spooky type of room. Especially now that we know the ghosts wear sheets. Exactly. But I feel like we've talked about this before, too, like having to put sheets over your stuff. Imagine. And like having a room that's like, oh, we just don't want we don't use this room enough and we don't want it to get dusty. So we'll just put sheets over it like it's just so such a foreign concept. <laughs> Truly. So she's looking around in there and she's pretty freaked out. There are a couple shapes that look human size. She's pulling sheets off. It's actually a hat rack. There's one that's like a sculpt, uh, a statue of Jesus. And so they're all fake outs, but they just look scary. And then now she's pulling sheets off the door closes behind her she storms out and is again talking to Anne, going like what's going on here what like uh this is there so is there someone in here or not and she says yes and she shows her a little drawing that she's done and it's creepy a <laughs> little creepy child drawing mark your bingos there's a father, a mother, Victor, the little boy, and there's an old woman who has this kind of curly big hair and just white eyes, no pupils or irises, yeah. and there's numbers drawn next to them. She says, what are these numbers? And Anne says, that's how many times I've seen each of them. And the parents, it's two and two, and Victor is five, and the old woman is 14. Oh, not what you want. No. And she says, I see the old woman the most. Victor says she's a witch. Her breath smells really bad. Ooh. So Grace is freaking out, goes downstairs, gets a shotgun out of a locked sure, little help. cabinet is like, someone's in here. We need to open all the curtains in the house. So there's no dark corners for anyone to hide in. I think she closes the kids into a, a room and is instructing, you know, Mrs. Mills, Mr. Tuttle, Lydia, like we're searching this whole house top to bottom. And as they're opening curtains, there's a scene where, Grace is in this room and you just see this like man's face get slightly illuminated as she's opening the curtain in the background. And it's so creepy. But then as she opens the curtains all the way, we see it's painting and mm. but it's a good, good scare. And uh, so we've opened the whole house. So we've searched it. There's just nobody seems to be here. Grace doesn't know what to do and is talking to Mrs. Mills now 
about ghosts and saying, you know, they're there, maybe they're ghosts or I read about ghosts in the books, uh, in a book. And Mrs. Mill says, don't believe everything you read in books. And Anne says, that's what our mom says, but we have to believe everything that's written in the Bible, even though some of it's so dumb, like there's no way God made the earth in seven days. Like that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And Mrs. Mills kind of smiles at this. She's got a, she's got a good point. Uh, and as Grace is going through different rooms in the house, she finds this creepy photo book and she's kind of entertaining the idea of ghosts at this point as well, just because she's heard things and seen things. And so she's, she's finding these old photos of that. I, I presume the last owners of the house have left there and, she's comparing them with the drawing that Anne did. She's trying to see like, is there any family that matches this? And she doesn't, there's does, doesn't seem to, but she finds a photo book where it looks like photos of everyone of all these different people sleeping. Ew. And it creeps her out. So she goes to show it to Mrs. Mills. She says, look what I found. And she's like, isn't this like sick? All these people sleeping. And Mrs. Mills says, oh, they're not sleeping, ma'am. They're dead. (gasps) And apparently this is a real thing. Well, Mrs. Mills says that people believe that if you take a photo of someone after they die, their soul can live on in the photo, which I don't, that's kind of creepy, but apparently this is something that would happen a lot because photos were so expensive that in the late 1800s, you would only get a photo when you die because they would be, it would be your last chance to get a photo of, of someone. And so that would be the only photo a lot of people had of their dead relatives. Grace is freaked out, says, get, get the book out of the house. I don't want this in here. Miss Mill says, okay. A book of souls? Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Grace, uh, that night is, I think she's like still sitting with her shotgun at the fire and talking to Mrs. Mills. And she's calming down a little bit, but she's obviously very stressed by what's going on in the house. And she's to distract herself, I guess, talking to Mrs. Mills and asking her, you know, about... Uh, Lydia, was she born mute? Miss Mill says no. And she says, like, when did you live here? And what happened? Why did you leave? Why did you come back? And she says, oh, we left on account of the tuberculosis. They evacuated the whole area. And so we had to leave for a while and then the war. And so it's, we've just like eventually come back, I guess. Grace tucks in Anne and Nicholas into bed and they're asking when is daddy coming home and Grace goes to her room and cries and is like holding a a jacket of clearly her husband's and just being like Charles come home it's like clear she's really really struggling when she hears the piano playing downstairs oh no She goes down and unlocks the door, opens it, sees the piano open, slams the like cover to the piano keys closed, locks that. And as she does that, the the door to the room closes behind her Mm. and she opens it again and 
is like inspecting it as she's moving it back and forth, looking at it closely, trying to hear like the hinges or if there's anything that's making it move on its own. And as she's looking really stumped, it slams in her face, knocks her backwards, clearly by a force of someone or something. Yeah. She's screaming. She tries to open it again. It's locked now. And she doesn't have her that key for that door, I guess. I don't remember exactly. But Mrs. Mills has to come down and they open the door. And when they open it, the piano is open again. Hmm. Grace is now saying something in this house is not at rest. Something diabolical is here. Um, she says, I know this sounds, this sounds so crazy. And I, I know I sound crazy. And Mrs. Mills says, I actually, I, I believe in that stuff. I believe in ghosts and the, and sometimes I think the world of the dead can get mixed up with the world of the living. And, um, I don't think it's crazy. And Grace is very stubbornly like, that's not, that's not what it says in the Bible. Like we only meet, uh, our, our lost ones when we die ourselves. And so she's just in denial, but still kind of there's things she can't deny. Mm -hmm. And she decides she wants to get the priest, go to the church nearby to get the priest to come and bless the house. Mrs. Mills urges her to wait until the fog clears. It's really, um, uh, you know, it's thick, thick fog. And she's like, no, they, they, I've waited long enough. We need the, him to come here. And so she goes out and as she's going out, she passes uh, Mr. Tuttle and asks him to look for gravestones on the property and says, I want to see if there's any, if the last family that was here, if they're, if they died here and if they were buried here. So I think, I think I remember someone mentioning there were gravestones here when we bought the place. So just like search for those, they might be buried or like that might have overgrowth on top of them. And he agrees. He's like, oh, okay, sure. So she heads off to find a priest and Mrs. Mills comes up alongside Mr. Tuttle as they're watching her go and kind of have a little sinister vibe about them now. They're watching mm. her and Mrs. Mills says she thinks the house is haunted now. And Mr. Tuttle's like, do you think it's a good idea letting her go out there? And she says, you know, the fog won't let her get far. Don't worry. She's like not going to make it far. Ooh. She says, you know, all in good time something this will all happen all in good time and she's like oh speaking of and she points and we see a mr tuttle had been scooping leaves and we see a little peak of a headstone coming out of his big pile of leaves that he had made and they both go oh and he rushes and recovers it up with leaves hiding the headstones huh okay what have we here so they're up to something they're up to something. So now we see Grace walking through the these like trees, but it's very foggy. It's just getting thicker and thicker till it's almost completely white. Like you can't see your hand in front of your face type of thing. Ooh, creepy. And so she stops because she can't tell where she's going. And we just hear footsteps crunching in the leaves. 
coming towards her as a shape kind of emerges. We see a little silhouette and seems to be a man. And when he gets closer, she recognizes him. And it is her husband, Charles. What? In his war uniform, looking very shell-shocked. And she also looks shocked, runs to him, is, is holding him, going, oh my God, I prayed for this, I prayed for this, I prayed for this for you to come back to me. He's looking like completely, he has PTSD. He's not really responding to her in a, in a normal way. He's I'm like picturing annihilation right now. Yes, exactly. And they return back to the house and walk in and Mrs. Mills looks really shocked to see him and kind of displeased. She doesn't look like happy that he's home. And she's like, this is my husband, Charles. He's back, by the way, hot dad. Nice. Um, he goes upstairs to see the kids and then he kind of come, seems to come back to himself a bit with the kids and hugs them and tells them how much he's missed them. But then after he spends some time with them, he goes back. He just lays in bed all day and he's refusing to eat. And he's just really not responsive for the most part. Whew. The kids are very excited to have their dad back. And Grace is very excited. And Anne says something like, now it's like we're back to being a family and like us and the others or the intruders, I think they're calling them also. And Grace goes back to being like, there, what did, there's no intruders. There's nothing. It's that that's nothing. And so she's now decided to pretend that none of that stuff has happened. And now we can go back mm. to being a family. And uh, Anne has a reaction to this conversation where she starts just breathing really quickly and heavily like <laughs> it's not quite like a panic attack but it's almost like a defiant breathing it's hard to it's hard to pin down mm. exactly what's happening but it's she's unsettled she's unsettled and grace is telling her you know stop breathing like that and eventually Anne gets up and leaves the leaves the room goes to her room or something and she and mrs mills comes in to comfort her she's crying and Anne is just saying like she doesn't she doesn't believe me and she's going to pretend none of it happened but they're like still here I still see them mm. Mrs. Mills says I see them too and Anne says why didn't why don't you tell my mom like you she'll believe you she's not going to believe me and Mrs. Mills says something cryptic like again all in good time she'll see them eventually there's going to be some big changes around here and mm. Anne looks like comforted by this <laughs> even though it seems not not the seems right bad. <laughs> the right reaction to have uh, and then we see Mrs. Mills, Mr. Tuttle and Lydia in their like servants quarters, part of the house eating together. And they're all looking very stern. And Mrs. Mills is saying how the the mother is going to be a problem for them. She's going to cause us problems. And Mr. Tuttle says, what about the dad? What about Charles? And Mrs. Mills says, I don't think he even knows where he is. It's the mom that's going to be the problem. The children will be easy. Mom's going to be a problem. 
Oh, I can't wait to find out what the <laughs> heck's going on here. Uh, so the next day, we are up in in one of the rooms, and Grace has dressed Anne in her communion dress, and she's dancing around, feeling all pretty, looking like a ghost. She's got like a big like mm. white veil over her face, and um, Grace leaves her alone in the in the room while she goes to speak to Charles. Then eventually comes back to the room. Charles is again not really responding to her. So she comes back to the room and says, okay, time to take the dress off, opens the door. And we see Anne playing with a little marionette puppet until Grace notices that her hand is an old lady hand. <laughs> and she looks horrified as she turns slowly uh, to, to see Anne's face. And it is the old woman from the drawing with the milky white eyes Yuck. under the veil. Sounding like Anne, like humming a little tune. <laughs> Sounds like a little girl. And Grace says, what have you done with my daughter? And she says, in Anne's voice, coming out of an old lady's lips, are you mad? I am your daughter. And then Grace lunges at her, starts strangling her and like, <gasps> like attacking her. And of course... In this moment, it, it comes is. back to be Anne, and now yeah. completely terrified, saying, like asking, "What are you doing?" She's crying and like yelling, like "Mommy is attacking me!" And Grace looks horrified at what she's done, but very confused by what the hell just happened. Mm. Uh, she's downstairs with Mrs. Mills, really shaken by the incident, and. We see Mrs. Mills trying to give her some pills. She says that they're the pills she always takes for her migraines. But we see Grace looking suspicious and dumps them down the drain, doesn't take them. We go back upstairs and Anne is walking out of her parents' room. So Charles was in there. So she was just talking to Charles. And Grace goes in and says... And, and Anne leaves and like looks at her like she's still very mad at her and afraid of her and Anne of Grace. And uh, so now Grace and Charles are in the room together. And Charles says, uh, you know, Anne told me what happened. And Grace says, I, I like I can't explain it. It was I, I don't know what happened. She was in the dress and it looked like it wasn't her. And he's like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that day. And Grace looks like she's been caught and she like sits down looking really ashamed. And she says, you know, they're I, I like I'm I don't know what came over me. And I please, please forgive me like they know that I love them and I would never do anything to hurt them. But we're getting the impression that she did something bad to them at some yeah. point. And Charles gets up now and says, he's got to leave. He's going back, back to the war. 
she says, what are you talking about? The war is over. And he's looking kind of blank behind the eyes again. And uh, she, they have this fight. Well, it's mostly Grace saying everything that she has thought since he's been gone. Like, what have you, what were you trying to prove by leaving us? Your place was here with your family. And I feel like you just actually wanted to leave me and like, you don't love me and we're not enough for you. And Charles softens to this and climbs in bed with her and kisses her and they have a nice moment. I Maybe you have sex. We're getting the implication of that, but it like mm. cuts to the next morning. She wakes up and he's gone. Mm. Uh, she goes out to the just like on the ground see if she can see him anywhere he's nowhere to be found and then she hears the kids screaming and screaming she runs back to the house and all the curtains have been removed from <gasps> the whole house every single room she takes off her robe really great velvet robe drapes it over mm. the children to protect them from the light and they're panicking screaming for now here's where you become nocturnal though i guess you know you still need curtains yeah yeah um she's calling out for mrs mills what's happening and mrs mills and mr tuttle look very not stressed by this situation and mr they're kind of playing dumb mr tuttle's being like huh like who would who would want to do that and Grace okay, I'm suspicious. Grace is at like a level 10 and they're at a level zero, just like, huh. And she's saying, so what's like trying to kill my children? Obviously, someone is trying to kill my children. And Mrs. Mills says, have, have you tried having them in the sunlight lately? Like maybe it won't do anything now. And Mr. Tuttle says something like, he had a relative once who had this disease that only 1,000 people have it. This is far too many people saying that. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. He said not this specific disease. He's saying that like someone mm. had uh, Parkinson's or something and then one day woke up and was totally fine again. He's like, you know, it could happen that they're just totally fine now. Sure, <laughs> sure. And she she is not trusting them anymore at this point. Their vibe is very suspicious. She gets her shotgun back out. She tells them to leave. She says, give me, give me your keys back. And they're really just monotonous in all this, which is very, a, a scary vibe. Like they're not getting worked up by anything. And they're like, okay, we'll leave. But like, we're going to have to talk about this eventually. or so, I don't know. They keep saying, like, cryptic, Ew. weird things. And so she gets them She gets them out of the house. And we see as they're leaving the house, Mrs. Mills says to Mr. Tuttle, I'm reaching the end of my tether with this one. Like, what do you say? It's, what do you say? It's time to uncover the gravestones. He says, yep, let's do it. Uh, this, this night in decides she wants to go into the woods to look for daddy. And so her and uh -oh. Nicholas sneak out 
and are running through the night looking for daddy. And Grace is uh, around the house looking for curtains. She's like checking everywhere to see where they could be stashed. And as she's looking in the attic, which I think is where Mrs. Tuttle was sleeping, she finds an envelope that is under Mrs. Tuttle's pillow and she pulls it out right as Anne and Nicholas are seeing three gravestones in the Mm. yard and being like, we've never seen those before. So they're going to uh, look at them. Anne is up ahead and she sees the names of Tuttle Mills and Lydia and as oh. as Grace opens the envelope under Tut, uh, Mrs. Tuttle's Mrs. Mills's pillow and sees the a photo of the three of them dead, like the ones in the book of just like oh shit a photo of them dead. What the heck? And the three of them are now approaching. Anne and Nicholas walking kind of slowly and creepy. And Anne is saying, Nicholas, they're ghosts, they're ghosts. Because he hasn't been, he's a little further away. He hasn't seen the gravestones yet. And he is also, she messes with him all the time. And so he's not believing her. And he's like, there's not ghosts. This is our, it's our nanny and our, and so he's, not sure what to believe. And she's, Anne is really freaking out being like, no, no, there goes, there goes. And grace, because she has seen this photo now also is running down with the shotgun sees that they're all out there and is screaming like children get inside. So Nicholas and Anne run inside as the three of them are just continuing, like walking slowly. Good, good. Like Michael Myers type, Slow, unbothered walk towards the front of the house. Grace has her shotgun. And as they start walking up the steps to the house, she shoots them, shoots them, shoots them. Nothing's happening. And Mrs. Mills says, "Uh, no point doing that, ma'am. Like tuberculosis took us out a long time ago. Grace turns around, runs into the house, locks the door behind her. The three of them come up to the door. It's got got a little glass window. They're looking through. She's yelling at them, get get out of here, stay out of my house. And Mrs. Mills says, we've been trying to make you understand, ma'am, the new situation, how the living and the dead need to be able to live together. And Grace is saying, no, no, you like leave us in peace. This is our house. Mrs. Mills says, well, the intruders are in there with you. And she's thinking like, no, you're you're the intruders. And she's like, no, they're still they're still in there. And you're going to you'll know soon enough that they're in there. Oh, my God. Twist on twist. (laughs) Also, are they unable to get past a locked door? It seems like it. They're not like interesting. Evaporating shot. But they are corporeal enough to not be able to pass their door. Unless they're just respecting her wishes. Maybe they're being very respectful. (laughs) And 
Grace at this point is obviously terrified, very confused, not sure what is going on. And we Mm. see Anne and Nicholas have hidden in a closet upstairs, also very scared. And then they hear some whispering outside of the closet, something about children. And then the closet doors open and it's the old woman with her milky eyes and they scream and Grace hears it and is still sees Mrs. Mills and Mrs. Mills says that'll be the intruders now like and you've got to go upstairs and you've got to go talk to them. Grace runs upstairs to the room that Anne and Nicholas are in and opens the door to find four people around a table doing a seance. The old woman writing letters, you know, when they do the thing where they're like channeling spirits and she's saying um why are you why are you here why are you here and why did your why how did your mother kill you and (gasps) (laughs) twist on twist on twist and we see Nicholas and Anne yelling at the woman as she's writing what they say and everyone at the table except for the woman seem unaware of their presence and yes we are figuring out that they are the ghosts oh my god (laughs) and yeah that Grace killed her children And we hear something about pillow and she says, like, why are your souls not at rest if you're if you're dead? And we see Anne and Nicholas yelling, we're not dead. We're not dead. And she's yelling. They they like don't know that they're dead. They're not. They feel like they're not dead. And the mom of this family, the the alive family that's at the table for this seance is uh Catelyn Stark from Game of Thrones. Thought oh. that was fun. And she's very scared. Uh, obviously, they've been on the other side of this haunting and going through a lot probably themselves. <laughs> and so sure. so she says I they clearly don't want us here. I don't want to we can't do I can't do this anymore. We need to move out. The dad agrees. Okay, we'll We'll leave in the morning there. Oh, there's a part where Grace like shakes the table uh, that they're at. And we see from their point of view that nobody else is there. And it just looks like a ghost is throwing papers and and um, very angry. And and she's saying, like, get out of my house, get out of my house. And so this these people are like, OK, like, let's get out of the house. <laughs> I don't want to don't want to be here. We'll leave in the morning. And as they're getting up from the table, the mom says, I'll go check on Victor. So we know now Victor is a real little boy. And yeah. Grace has eventually a moment of understanding what's going on. And she sits with her kids. They're crying. She's holding them. And she says, I thought it was all a bad dream, like when your father didn't come home and I was alone here. She's like, and I and I put the pillows like I think she smothered them, basically, like put the pillows over your heads and you stopped moving. And then I shot myself with the shotgun 
And she's like, but then I woke up and I heard your laughing in the other room. And I thought like I was, it was a dream and I was given a second chance. And I thanked God that we were given a second chance. Mm. Um, but we're yeah learning that this is, they have died and the kids are asking, Anne's asking questions like, where are we? I don't understand. And Grace, for the first time, admits, I don't know. I'm no wiser than you are. I don't have the answers. So did their dad die in the war, too? Was he like a visiting yeah, ghost? Yeah, I, I think so. Mm. Wow. And at this point, Mrs. Mills and Mr. Tuttle and Lydia come back in, seeming much less sinister now and more sympathetic and they're saying, you know, can I, Mrs. Mills says, can I make you a cup of tea? There's, you know, the, the intruders will be leaving in the morning, but there will be more that come like, we'll, we're going to have to learn to live with them. And we see the next day that the kids are not affected by the light anymore because mm. they're already dead. <laughs> so yeah, nothing can kill them now. And we see Victor and his family packing up the next morning, driving away, and he's looking up into the windows where Grace is standing with um, Anne and Nicholas. And then he gets in the car with his parents and they drive away out past the gate that has a for sale sign on it now. And that's the end of the movie. Wow. So many twists. I know. I'm glad you didn't know the twist because it was a big one. It, it, it's a good twist. I like that it's a lot. It's just a little reverse haunted house uh, from the POV yeah. of the ghosts. <laughs> cool. Very cool. Ooh, I really enjoyed that. I'm so glad I didn't know the twist. Two twists. I know. Twist and a twist. They got us. They got us. That's not, It's not easy to pull off. Uh, what a fun time. Yeah, it's great. It's a great one. And Nicole Kidman is just wonderful in it. What what an actress. Mm. What an actress indeed. R.I.P. her and Tom's marriage. Yeah. After this. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but thank you, patrons, for choosing this movie. Again, I am sorry that <laughs> if you wanted to rewatch it, I hope that that is a possibility by the time this episode comes out. I'm so impressed by your dedication, Sammy. My God. I just feel like it's, it had been time for me to buy a DVD player. Yeah. But it does feel like such a relic of the past. Even like scrolling through a DVD menu felt so funny. I was just like, yeah. this is so funny. We just funny. never do it. We sometimes do it. We do have blu-rays but it it's really crazy yeah there's bonus features on there oh my god interviews and stuff i was i was very thrown by whenever i paused it that it wouldn't have the thing at the bottom telling me exact exactly how much time i have left oh so, you yeah. know in all streamers there's just the little I love to know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in a DVD, it didn't. It doesn't do that, and I kept getting confused. Like, why isn't it showing me? And I was like, oh, because of DVD. But yes, great choice, patrons. If you are not a patron and you would like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com/tsdwpodcast. 
And like we said, there'll be another fun bonus episode there this Friday where Emily and I watch something scary together. Something scary. <laughs> wow. And we love you guys and happy Halloween if if we don't talk to you before then. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's true. Wow, we're not gonna we're not gonna go there yet. You oh know, my god, yeah. Present. We're living in the present. Don't make us think we're about that. Living in the that. present and the past, not the future. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Wish me luck making my costume this week. She's gonna do it. She's gonna do it, and then see how it all turned out at our live show. I can't freaking wait. <sighs> Love you guys. Love you, Emily. Love you, Sammy. Love Henley. Love Henley. Love her, her daughter. Undisclosed location. Yeah, you'll never find out. You can. You can probably figure it out if you. Uh, probably. <laughs> also, by the time this comes out, she won't be there anymore. So it's that's true. Fine. Um, I hope everybody had a good freaking week. Have a good week ahead. If things are sad, you know, better to have loved and lost, etc. Mm-hmm. And we love you. We do. We love you forever. Forever. Loved and loved and and had and have and will. Loved and kept. <laughs> loved and kept. <laughs> <laughs> and a British accent. I yes. think I will do. Are you mad? I am your daughter. Daughter. From all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. God, it wasn't good. It's so crazy that I used to have a British accent for real. Okay. Are you mad? I am your daughter. From all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. That was okay. That was good. (laughs) All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Cheers. Cheerio. Cheerio. Cheerio's it. Cheerio's it. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really want to make our day, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want even more content, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. We will be back next week with a regular episode. We love you a lot. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>